Welcome to Thesis, a podcast about trends in higher education systems and international spheres, exploring the field of higher education across the world. I'm your host, Kelly Davis. Today we consider forcibly displaced and refugee students. We take a practical approach and hear about an initiative from the Institute for International Education, IIE, to help support this group of students. Our guest from IIE Latin America and the Caribbean is Cesar Maldonado, a senior program specialist based in Mexico. Listening to Cesar share IIE's activities supporting forcibly displaced and refugee students made me think about the many different functions which fall under the purview of an international student office and other service offices in some countries. The IIE Odyssey Scholarship Program really seeks to deliver all this assistance to the students who come with a unique set of circumstances. Listen to this episode to hear where IIE focuses the most in student journeys and how they can deliver these services successfully. On behalf of Thesis, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thesis, season three, focused on international student mobility. Today, our guest is Cesar Maldonado, who is a senior program specialist for the Institute of International Education, or IIE, in Mexico City. We'll be discussing IIE's support of displaced and refugee students in higher education. So, Cesar, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So we're probably going to be discussing, for the most part, a specific program today. So this specific scholarship, it was established in 2021. It's called the Odyssey Scholarship. But if you can quickly tell us, what is IIE doing in Mexico to support forcibly displaced students uh, with their access to higher education? Sure. So before focusing on Mexico, I like to mention that IIE has a century-long history of supporting persecuted, threatened, and displaced scholars. And it actually formalized its efforts in 2002 through the Scholar Rescue Fund Initiative and the Artist Protection Fund in 2015. The IAE Odyssey Scholarship launched in in 2021, as you mentioned, to address the lack of higher education access for displaced individuals globally. In its initial two years, the scholarship has supported over 40 forcibly displaced students from eight countries, fostering their learning growth and potential to become catalysts for positive change. Priority is given to individuals with clear academic and professional goals who face obstacles in continuing their studies. And in a region particularly, current students come from Syria, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Colombia. Specifically for Mexico, the activities involved in administering the program are working jointly with our partner DIME on planning and implementing a yearly call that comes out at the beginning of the year, doing outreach together, going through a selection process, and identifying candidates who will then be put forward to IAE's global committee. Once students are selected, we support them with the initial placement, relocation to their new study city, if applicable, a living stipend, a laptop, and we provide ongoing advising support for academic development and social integration so that they can obtain a holistic development experience. And I think I saw some at some point on, you know, what a news feed of some sort that there are a lot of students who are applying to this program. Is that correct? Yeah, this program is global, so we do have quite a few applications worldwide. So if, can you tell us why this initiative is so needed? So kind of describe to our audience, there's a real purpose behind this initiative. What's what's the context of where these students are coming from? What does it mean that they're able to access higher education in a different place? Yes, of course. 
refugees in Mexico primarily originate from other Latin American countries, and they usually escape violence, forced migration, and acute poverty due to systemic corruption. Also, a few other causes are state-sponsored terror, aftermath of civil wars, organized crime linked to the drug trade. Some challenges that they face include not having a clearer and more comprehensive integration path here in Mexico, the lack of a support system, and the responsibility placed on refugees themselves to navigate the system to even begin looking for limited educational opportunities, which are also hard to find even for Mexicans in the country or those that have either been deported or forcibly returned from other countries after having spent productive lives abroad. So you just mentioned there, so one of the issues that IIE is trying to solve is the ability for these new students who are new to this country to actually navigate it in addition to getting here in the first place or having a, a reason. And I imagine that that's just perhaps one of challenge, one of the challenges, but what are some of the ways, the creative ways that IIE is able to work and achieve its goals with the initiative to actually get these students places in higher education institutions? And if I am correct, the student, IIE also sees the students through their, their duration in the higher education institution. That's correct. Well, of course, you know, the inability of refugees in Mexico to, to access higher education not only hinders their personal development, but it also limits their ability to contribute to society, which in turn perpetuates a cycle of disadvantage. And so we face many challenges as part of the program. Perhaps one that I could identify would be, well, IAE globally works directly with relevant entities in each of these countries or liaises with local partners to support refugee students on a variety of topics like obtaining mental health support, adequate housing, looking for and advising students for work or internship opportunities, dealing with government or academic processes, or obtaining missing documentation that refugee students might not be able to secure from their countries. Each region is, is quite unique and requires different approaches and ways of thinking outside of the box to support these realities of refugee students in university. It's interesting because you named all of these different elements, including navigating job searches and whatnot, in addition to the policy elements or the documentation elements. And it sounds a lot like to me, like the like IEE acts almost as an international student's office, maybe with a with a career guidance or career services kind of arm. So that's super interesting. How is IIE able to maybe have the capacity to provide all this kind of support? Is it through these these local entities that, that, that it's working with? Yeah. Uh, depending on the country, IIE works directly with entities such as agencies in the country that work with refugee groups, or they may do so through local partners, as in the case of Mexico. And what are some of the best practices that have emerged from this work in terms of supporting higher education access for these students? Sure. Well, there are many, but one best practice that has been reinforced from our efforts to facilitate higher education access for displacement students in Mexico is the necessity of enhancing and increasing advising support during the initial months in the program of the students. This, of course, ensures that they feel adequately supported 
as they transition back into academic activities. And this happens often after a period of merely subsisting for many. Sustained support throughout their academic journey from re-entry to graduation proves vital. It's essential for them. This doesn't imply a lack of self-sufficiency on their part, but underscores the importance of ongoing guidance to navigate the challenges they may encounter along the way for a successful educational journey. Yeah, so... We just did a season on first-generation students on the podcast, and one of the debates in kind of the what is a first-generation student conversation is, if you are an international student, are you a first-generation student? Because there's these overlaps in terms of understanding the the different parts of the system that you might not be familiar with, even if your parents had gone to had gone through higher education in another country. Now, I'm sure I'm sure that the the students that this program works with are indeed some of them probably at least our first generation students themselves. Um, but it, that's like another piece of the puzzle. I feel that this program and IIE are really filling a gap in. I mean, out of curiosity, are a lot of these students typically first generation or first in family students or are they uh, as a kind of a mixed bag? I would I would actually say that most of them are first generation students just because of the circumstances that they face. And, you know, all of the the reality that they're fleeing from makes them prone to being first generation since, you know, they oftentimes come from backgrounds where they may not have support from uh, parents or from other professional figures. And of course, this limits their ability to contribute to society, as I mentioned earlier. But addressing these barriers is crucial for fostering the potential of these displaced students, while also promoting their social integration and reducing the risk of involvement in criminal activity. And actually, if this happens, you know, visibility of how diverse displaced groups really are also happens, uh, creating more understanding and helping to eliminate certain stereotypes within Mexican society even. Yeah, that that would be an interesting piece as well, kind of navigating. The, I mean, that's I don't know whose job that belongs to in a university <laughs> when it comes yeah. to working with students who are from outside of the country um, and how the public receives them. But that's certainly an interesting piece of the puzzle. So what might happen once the students graduate from a university in Mexico? What paths end up being open to them? So once students graduate from university in Mexico, they, of course, gain access to improved job opportunities, and they have even greater prospects if they're bilingual. Part of the program, of course, also encourages, but also it's part of the university system. So universities here in Mexico request or require students to have a particular level. It really depends on the institution, what level they should have, but it's usually a B1, B2 which is intermediate. And so by them being bilingual, they, of course, gain even more career opportunities since, of course, global statistics highlight that proficiency in second language enhances those career opportunities. And beyond that career advancement, many program graduates and current scholars worldwide are passionate about addressing social issues and contributing to positive change. IAE really celebrates not only the achievement of graduation, but also the program's broader goal of enabling students to thrive and make meaningful contributions to society after completing their studies. And at this point, how many students have graduated so far that have gone through the program? For Mexico, actually, we're going to have our first graduate just uh, this year. But IAE does have a few graduates already worldwide. Some of them actually were celebrated in one of our internal calls earlier in the year. But we hope to see many more graduate as, as part of this program. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's such a new program, so it's completely understandable as well. So I'm excited that IIE office in Mexico will be celebrating its first graduate of the program. So I won't say congratulations yet, because obviously (laughs) it has to happen. (laughs) Hopefully congratulations will be in order later on. I'm sure they will. So in general, I mean, this is a really important piece of work as we have, as you've discussed earlier, but what what else needs to be happening in the sphere of international student mobility to foster greater university access for students who are in this type of situation? You know, they're from another country and they've been forcibly displaced from wherever they are from or they are seeking refuge. Um, How can other universities or just in general, the the ISM, International Student uh, Mobility Community, really try to support these students in their circumstances? Yeah, I do want to preface my answer by saying that there are, of course, other organizations, institutions, countries doing great work to improve the uh, scene in refugee students and displaced students. So in my opinion, to foster greater university access for displaced students and, of course, to provide effective support, there's a need for comprehensive measures, more of these beyond financial support. Some of them include increased advocacy and awareness through policies that address the unique challenges of displaced students. This, of course, promotes inclusive admission practices and financial aid. Another would be forging partnerships between universities and organizations working with displaced populations to facilitate easier access to educational opportunities, which is something that IAE currently does. Developing and implementing specialized advising and mentoring programs to support displaced students. As I was mentioning earlier, this is especially important during their initial months of reintegration into academic life. Another one would be to promote community engagement and interact integration sorry, activities integration activities within universities to foster a supportive environment for displaced students. And this in turn encourages cultural exchange. And finally, conducting research or just using data to inform program development, program effectiveness, and also policy in general. I believe that a multifaceted approach is essential to fostering greater university access and support for displaced students within the realm of international student mobility. Is the Odyssey Scholarship going to be, is that, are there plans to expand it over the coming years? Is that something that's on the horizon? Yes, uh, we would, of course, love to accept more students, but we all know that that there are certain limitations such as funding, such as perhaps even making sure that the program continues running a few more years and fix a few hiccups along the way that may need fixing before bringing in more students into the program. But yeah, definitely, we would welcome many more students provided that we can secure funding for this initiative. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've made some really great points about the community within higher education that can support this group of students and actionable measures that they can take in addition to just kind of, you know, that's coming in parallel with what IIE is doing and the services that are provided and needed to see the success of these students through, you know, getting them in through the doors. And really critical point I'm hearing from you a couple of times is that that first phase of the students coming into the country, getting adjusted, figuring out what is going on is super, super important. That's my personal big takeaway right now (laughs) from our conversation. 
in a broader context, yes, uh, students coming in and getting adapted into the country. In the case of Mexico, because refugees are, are already in the country, that doesn't mean they don't need support. And they may be Spanish speakers, but they still need support in navigating the system, navigating the new culture, navigating any new expressions that they might encounter, which are different than in their native countries. So yeah, regardless of whether they, they come in from a different country in the previous, uh, I don't know, week or two, or whether they've been they've been here for perhaps a year as refugees already, they definitely need that support since they may not have had role models or someone to guide them throughout the process of education. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing all of this, the great work that IIE is doing. Before we wrap up, uh, we have one more question that we want to ask, uh, which we ask all of our guests. So who was someone particularly influential in your higher education journey or the development of your professional career thus far? This is a great question that got me thinking, and I have actually thought about it before, and I would say that someone particularly influential in my education journey was my French teacher when I was in high school in the U.S. Not only did she foster my love for languages, but she played a key role in shaping my educational trajectory without her knowing. She was unaware at the time of the immigration situations that I had going on, but she still encouraged me to apply to college through a scholarship that she sought out for me. This guidance, of course, led me to obtain a scholarship, continue my education here in Mexico, and eventually earn another scholarship for my master's degree in the U.S. I would say that her support directly impacted my educational journey as I didn't have a role model to guide me then. And I'm really grateful for her influence and the opportunity to access that she opened up for me. And I hope to also have this, this same impact on other students in the same way. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being with us here today. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you liked what you listened to on Thesis today, please follow the podcast and feel free to leave us a rating or comment. Links to relevant work by our guests and their contact information can be found in the show notes. Today's Thesis episode does not take a position on the issues discussed on the podcast. Opinions expressed on this episode are solely those of the guests or hosts. This podcast is produced and edited by Ekaterina Korinska, Maria Angeles Hidalgo, Ayla Rubenstein, Tracy Waldman, Kelly Davis, Liana Sofia Riano Sanchez, and Petar Ujicic. Original music is produced by Petter Strom. This podcast was recorded at Helga Engshus at the University of Oslo's Faculty of Educational Sciences. Thanks to IDEA, Innovation and Digitalization in Educational Arenas, for their support of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Thesis. We'll talk to you next time.